PJ Glasser, Denton Day here with you. Fourth and final hour of Sunday's bets here on the BetQL Network. One more hour of the us, and then we'll send it off to Dallas. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo. We'll take it over with uh, five-star plays. Five-star weekend here on the BetQL Network with some five-star plays. Denton and I hoping to give out some five-star plays later on in the show. College basketball this morning. A little bit of a uh, of a rough ride as Creighton St. John's was a beautiful thing in the first half when St. John's had the lead and then they won by 14 and defeated Creighton 80 to 66. SMU falls to South Florida 79 to 68. The Bulls now 14 and 1 in conference play. Maryland defeats Rutgers 46 to uh 63 to 46. Julian Reese 20 points today. For the Terps, and then currently going on number three Purdue in action against Michigan, and the Boilermakers are up by nine, 11, 47 to 36. They are 15 and a half point favorites on the live line, live total 162 and a half. And then FAU is up 31 to 30 on Memphis at halftime. Owls minus 145 at the intermission. So we got that going on right now. Also got some golf going on at the Mexico Open. Jake Knapp, who started the day looking for his first career PGA Tour win. He was 19 under par, three shots clear of the lead, seven shots clear of three guys tied for third. Well, Denton, he's now two over through his first five holes. He's 17 under par, one shot over the leader, and now just three shots clear of third and four shots clear of a couple of golfers tied for fourth. There is no greater pressure in sports than a golfer trying to get their first win. Like there's just, I mean, you're out there all by yourself, right? You and your caddy, you got all day to think about it. You tee off later on in the day. You know, you have a big lead. You're thinking over analyzing every shot. It's just, I mean, this is what you train for. Like this is the position that you want to be in. Dan, it's going to be a long three hours for Jake Knapp the rest of the way, man. It, it's it's going to be a grind for him to try and get this thing done. Yeah, I, I can't imagine what it's like walking into a Sunday with a lead having never won before. I can't imagine you sleep well at no. night, right? Like maybe sleeping Friday to Saturday is not that bad. It's Saturday, you got a couple more days left in the tournament. As long as you're making the cut. You're feeling pretty all right, but that's a different kind of sleep when it's Saturday to Sunday and you have a lead. So they, yeah, so Nap, I'm watching now. He's got a one-shot lead. He's now minus 140 to win, and second place is plus 150. Oh, and I just think he went in the water, then, so that's not good. So uh, Those, that's second place. <laughs> yeah, those odds are now off the board on BetMGM as Jake Knapp is in some trouble and Valamaki has a chance to tie him at 16 under and he does just that. And now Jake Knapp goes to minus 110 and Sammy Valamaki goes to plus 125. So certainly some interesting things going on on the PGA Tour. Always interesting things going on in the NFL world. We had T. Higgins, one of the big free agents, on the board this week, signed the franchise tag with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, some other big wide receivers that are still out there, Mike Evans, Michael Pittman, Calvin Ridley, Gabe Davis, Marquise Hollywood-Brown, Odell Beckham. What, what do you think happens with these guys? Like a Mike Evans, Michael Pittman, or Calvin Ridley, those three guys, which one 
do you think has the best chance not to be on their current team next season? I would say Michael Pittman. You know, with the rise in the salary cap, there's no reason Tampa Bay doesn't keep Mike Evans. And mm-hmm. I can't think of a reason why they would not want to keep Mike Evans. PJ, he's never had a season under 1,000 yards. Crazy. I don't feel like that's a fact that is shared enough when talking about great receivers in this league. He's never been a top one, two, or three kind of guy. But when you talk about consistency, he is the epitome of consistency at the wide receiver position. You think he's a first and, ballot Hall of Famer? Or just, you know, just a I've Hall of I've had that conversation. I don't know if he'd be first ballot, but he does have a Super Bowl. Now he won mm-hmm. it with Tom Brady, and most people think that was the Brady Super Bowl. But he, he, has a, he has a Super Bowl. He has at least one season of over 1,500 yards. I don't know that I would call him a first ballot Hall of Famer just because I feel like if you're a first ballot Hall of Famer, you have to be – there needs to be an extended period of time, whether that be you know three to potentially five or six years – where you are one of the three best at your position at wide receiver just because there's so many great ones. And because he's never had that, I would say no, but he should get into the Hall of Fame at some point. And then on top of that, if you just look at it from a Tampa Bay's perspective, if you're going to keep Baker Mayfield, you don't keep a quarterback and then ditch his top target. Like that just does not make sense. It's a stupid way of going about building a team. So keeping Baker, wanting to keep his best target, and the salary cap just bumped up $30 million, they should keep him, make him retire as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer and do right by a guy that's been really good for a long time. I think that's well said. I mean, I agree with you. I don't think he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think first ballot players in any sport, like when we're having this debate about Mike Evans, right, and there's a little hesitation, there's a little pause, I feel like for a guy to be first ballot, it's like, Everybody across the board, you say a name and they're like, oh, absolutely, right? Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, uh, Gronk, Kelsey, right? All these players where like you just name him Aaron Donald and you're like, yup, 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 for sure. No doubt about it. Uh, Mike, like Andre Johnson just made the Hall of Fame and I would categorize Mike Evans as like an Andre Johnson, right? Like certainly like I think they're comparable kind of players. You bring up the consistency with Evans, you bring up the Super Bowl, which I think is going to loom large. I do think he uh, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. To your point, though, I think Calvin Ridley actually would be of the three guys. I, I think he's going to move on. I would say Ridley. You know, the Jags, as we know, towards the end of the regular season, really fell off. They just weren't the same team at the end. And Christian Kirk injury was a big deal then. That was a big deal. I think Kirk means more to that offense than Ridley does. Um, and obviously they're paying Christian Kirk a lot of money. So do you pay Ridley and do you pay Kirk a good amount of money or do you just go out and draft a wide receiver? Because certainly you got to pay Lawrence. You got ETN there as well. You got guys on the defense, Josh Allen among them, that you got to give him his money. So Jack's got some interesting decisions. I don't think Calvin Ridley is going to be back. Evans, like you said, I mean, the Bucks. Like, you got to. You got to. If you go into another season with Baker Mayfield as your quarterback and you don't bring back Mike Evans, that's just – that's a big red flag. That's a big no-no. Um, it, it, it'll be interesting if they don't re-sign Mike Evans. Are the Bucks one of these teams that we should be talking about that could move up in the draft 
for a quarterback, or even if they do sign Mike Evans, like you could still re-sign Mike Evans and go after another quarterback. Like the Bucs were not talking about it all. Baker just had a great season, led him to the divisional round in the NFC playoffs. But like we all know that Baker Mayfield's not winning the Bucs a Super Bowl. And this quarterback class is really, really strong. Tampa, I know they're an aging roster and, you know, a young quarterback really isn't going to grow with like Evans and Godwin. You know, these guys are getting up there in age. Some, some of the guys on defense are getting there up in age as well. But, you know, it's funny, Tampa, Den, we all came in, the thought process last season was they were going to, they were going to be like the Raiders. Like Jimmy G was the Raiders placeholder. Baker Mayfield was the Bucks placeholder. They were going to stink. They were going to get a top five, top 10 pick, go get their quarterback. Baker plays well. They make the playoffs because the division is so bad. And it's like, do you really want to roll out there with Baker again? Like in the NFL, you know, if you're not trying to win championships, like, like what's, the point right and maybe trading up and going all in for quarterback isn't the right move for your franchise if you don't think there's a guy in this class because you're not getting Caleb Williams you're not getting Jaden Daniels or Drake May unless you just absolutely blow a team out of the water so maybe the Bucks in their position obviously they're in the mid-20s just look at things and say you know what the thing that would suit our organization best is maybe if we just run it back with Baker but do you think the Bucs should be a team that we look at that maybe could move up to try and get a quarterback? I think it's possible, but you, you keep Baker in that scenario. You be, you make Baker Mayfield your bridge quarterback. Now, I'm sure mm-hmm. there's somebody in the organization, whether they're telling the truth or not is up for debate, but I'm sure there's somebody in the organization that if asked would say, yes, we feel like we can win a championship with Baker Mayfield. I push back on that. You'd push back on that. I think a lot of people would push back on that. However, if you can go and get, and for some of these guys, PJ, you might not even have to trade up for. Like the guy that you would trade up for potentially is J.J. McCarthy. And J.J. McCarthy, depending on who you ask, could be a top 10 quarterback. He could be late first round. He's all over the place when it comes to mock drafts, right? Which aids Tampa Bay. Now, I don't know if they would draft him in, I don't know if they would draft a quarterback in the first round, but I could see them drafting a player in the first round that would fill a hole, whatever they feel like they they need to fill. Maybe they want to take the best player approach as you're kind of towards the end of the first round. And then in the second round is when you make your move up to trade for either Michael Penix or a Bo Nix. And then you have that guy sit for a year behind Baker Mayfield. You can get away with paying Baker Mayfield a relatively cheap contract as far as quarterbacks are concerned. Like you're not resetting the market. You're not giving him a Daniel Jones, 40 years, $160 million contract. You're not doing that with Baker, but you could give him like a, a two year 60 that has a lot of guarantees, something in that neighborhood. And then by the time that contract is over and done with, you now have your guy waiting in the wings. It's not going to be Kyle Trask. Remember he was supposed to be the guy that came up after Tom Brady and that was like four years ago. So it's not going to be Kyle Trask, but if you really love a Bo Nix or a Michael Penix, that might be worth it to trade up in the second round to get your guy. But as far as next year is concerned, you got to keep Baker Mayfield. Right now, you're the best team in that division by a pretty significant margin because I don't think New Orleans is going to be all that good. I fell for them last year. I'm not doing that again. I don't know what Atlanta is going to look like at the quarterback spot. Maybe they're the ones that draft J.J. McCarthy in the first round. And then Carolina's in a world of hurt right now. 
So you're you're in a position where you might as well go win the division. Like you maybe don't want to, maybe you want to blow the whole thing up, start over, but you're the only team that's good. So you might as well go win it. It's a good point. It's a good point. And just keeping Baker there, even if you do draft a quarterback. I like that. Obviously, a big decision to be made with Mike Evans and what happens there. T. Higgins, who was a free agent, decides to sign the franchise tag with Cincinnati. So he'll be back with the Bengals next season. Have some marquee running backs, Denton, on uh, hitting free agency. Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, Cordero Patterson, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, Ezekiel Elliott, to name a few. If I couldn't give you Saquon, which running back do you think is is the best available free agent? Well, Josh Jacobs led the league in rushing two years ago, so mm-hmm. he'd certainly be up there. Derrick Henry is the best running back of a generation. And I don't think we've seen him fall off yet. There was a point in the first four weeks of the season where I was like, I don't know, man, this Derrick Henry guy might be falling off a little bit. And then he had like 150 yards the next week. So he's not falling off necessarily. I guess the better question is, what are you willing to pay? Because if you're willing to invest double-digit millions, I would say if you can't get Saquon, you call about either Josh Jacobs or Derrick Henry. If you only want to spend 8 or $9 million, and this could be for a multi-year deal or just a one-year deal, then you're looking at Joe Mixon or potentially Tony Pollard. So I guess it really just depends on what you're willing to invest. And you have the benefit now of your team of the cap rising by $30 million. So that does give teams a little bit of leeway if they feel like they're a playmaker away. I'm not going to say a running back away because I don't necessarily believe that running backs are make or break when it comes to championship teams, but I think playmakers or make or break. Like Christian McCaffrey, I view him with San Francisco as way more of a playmaker than your traditional running back. So if you view one of these guys in a similar light, I say you go and you you make the call at least for Josh Jacobs for sure. And then, I mean, Saquon's obviously the one seed. But if it's not Saquon, Josh Jacobs and then Derrick Henry. Man, J.K. Dobbins, I think, is so interesting. If If he's just able to stay healthy, he is really, really good. But you wonder if... After three years of the ACL tears, and obviously the running backs having the shelf like shelf life that they do, how they're utilized in today's game, how teams kind of view them in today's games, if he'll be the same player, what situation he ends up in. Saquon's going to be really fascinating where he goes. I certainly think the Ravens and the Chargers are going to be the two biggest markets for running backs. The Ravens, ever since Lamar has been there, always been one of the top running teams in the NFL. And Gus and J.K. are both free agents. And then with the Chargers, not only do you bring in Jim Harbaugh as your head coach who wants to run the ball, who prides himself on being physical, Greg Roman's your offensive coordinator too. And Roman is known for his very good running concepts, but his terrible passing concepts. So wouldn't surprise me if Saquon ended up a Charger or if he ended up a Raven. And uh, Chargers are interesting. they got to pay a bunch of guys. The Ravens obviously just paid Lamar. Chargers paid Herbert. Be interesting to see what happens in free agency in the NFL. We're going to talk some more college hoops, though. Bill Seals will join us on the other side of the break. Publisher of the Cyclone Report on Rivals Network. Iowa State's having a good year in college hoops. What is their ceiling? We decide that next with Bill.